0: It's the weekend of Black Friday, and to celebrate, we're talking to the owner of a chain of geeky stores around Chicagoland. Plus, tis the season of giving, and I am giving some stuff away. It's the benefit of a doubt podcast. Welcome to the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. I'm your host, Adam Dowd, and this week, it's Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And while I know my fellow journalists are struggling mightily to keep you informed on amazing deals online, there's also a group of people working in the trenches in actual stores. And to recognize that fact, we're going to talk to Martin Paroli, who is the owner of a chain of gaming stores around the Chicagoland area. And as it happens, my next-door neighbor. This interview has been a long time coming, and it's the first interview I've conducted in person in my home. And while I normally take great pride in my sound quality, I have three dogs, and the interview went about as well as you might expect. Plus, right after the news, we've got a giveaway for you. Our friends at Lenovo have come through with some fun holiday treats, and I'm going to share them with you, and we will get to all of that. But first, we have to get to the news of the week! You've probably heard about the whole blue bubble, green bubble thing that happens when someone who has the absolute gall to own a smartphone not made by Apple gets a text from someone who is obviously intelligent and owns an iPhone. You can't see it, but there's a steady stream of sarcasm running down off my chin. Anyway, it turns out that relationship has yet another layer. When an Android user texts an iPhone user, that iPhone user can give the text an emoji reaction like a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a heart emoji oh a heart emoji that's so sweet hmm the only problem is on the android users end they get a text message saying and this is a direct quote by the way liked quotation mark the message that was liked so if i text my iphone friend hey billy do you want to go to the club and they give a thumbs up i'll get a message back that says liked hey billy want to go to the club and then i'll get another text following that that says adam never goes to any club who the hell are you well google is aiming to fix that problem the emoji problem, not the fact that I never go to clubs, which I would like to further add is absolutely not a problem. Anyway, Google Messages wants to fix this, but taking Apple's half-assed solution and making it more elegant by actually substituting in an emoji associated with the text. So Google will take the message, and instead of printing out that whole stupid thing, it'll just add a thumbs-up emoji to the text in question. And I'm told I have some audio from the meeting between Google and a Mr. Joe Boo from the Apple development team. She's stopped, now, Fu. Look, I go to you.
1: I stick up for you. You know, help me now. So, fuck you, Jobu. I do it myself.
0: So Google is going to fix this problem, Apple be damned, and it's about time. This is a feature that was dug out of the Messages app by the 9to5 Google folks, and I'm a beta user, but I don't have it yet. So it looks like this is a very, very early feature being planned for the future. But if you ask me, it can't come fast enough. Tile is the tracking company that uses Bluetooth and a network of users to help find items that are lost. Basically, the way it works is you attach a Bluetooth tag to your favorite lawnmower, and if it ever gets stolen, you can mark it as lost, and other Tile users who have the app installed will keep an eye out for your favorite lawnmower in the background. Meanwhile, you'll continue mowing the lawn with your second favorite lawnmower, while other Tile users keep an eye out for your favorite lawnmower. Once it's detected, the Tile app will send you a notification that it's at your friend's house, because once again, he came over and just took it without asking. And just what the hell, Eric? We've talked about boundaries. Anyway, Tile just sold its Bluetooth tracking business to Life360 for $205 million. And am I crazy or does that not sound like a lot of money? Presumably, this has something to do with the fact that both Apple and Samsung have released their own trackers, both of which work system level for 47 and 34% respectively of the U.S. smartphone-toting world. Yeah, that could be a problem for Tile. Meanwhile, Life360 calls itself a leading family safety platform that nobody's ever heard of but that helps locate and keep track of teenagers i mean family members life 360 said it's going to be bundling in tile devices along with membership plans so not only can you track your teenagers phones but also their cars or their backpacks and by teenagers i mean anyone in your family but let's be honest it's the teenagers it'll be an all inclusive service so that's nice and it'll help you keep track of your teenagers i mean family this week saw the launch of the first system designed to protect Earth from an asteroid collision. The rocket system called DART, or Double Asteroid Redirection Test, is a, quote, 500-kilogram spacecraft that will slam into an asteroid's moon at over 23,000 kilometers per hour, otherwise known as the speed at which I slam into the all-you-can-eat bar at Old Country Buffet. The idea here is not bottomless pancakes, which I personally found to be disappointing, but rather to adjust the trajectory of an asteroid's mini-moon, and yes, I just said that an asteroid has a mini-moon. The parent asteroid is known as Didymus, and it's orbited by a smaller asteroid, Dimorphos, and before you ask no, these are not character names from a new Matrix movie. The DART spacecraft will slam into Dimorphos and adjust its orbital velocity by about half a millimeter per second, which will overall shorten its orbit by a few minutes. Over time, this will ever so slightly adjust the course of Didymus in theory. Actually, a lot of this is in theory because we've never slammed a rocket into anything with the hopes of adjusting its course before, so this is going to be an exciting test on many levels. Of course, this won't happen until next October, so we'll all have to stay tuned, but it's still exciting, and there's a link in the show notes that kind of breaks it all down for you, so be sure to check that out, and while you're at it, subscribe to the newsletter, and I thank you. A new mobile phone museum launched this week, or at least a virtual museum, that is. This is a collection of different cell phones that have been collected by the fine folks over at mobilephonemuseum.com, so it's an appropriate name. They're led by an analyst named Ben Wood. Over 2,200 models of phones have been collected and photographed in detail and compiled along with a history of each phone. It's actually a pretty fun way to burn up a few hours if you have a few hours to spare. The section I like to waste time in is in the ugliest phones collection and woof there are some ugly phones in there One phone I particularly like is the Samsung P110V. And just holy crap on a cracker, this phone is either terrible or brilliant, and I can't decide which. If ever there was a phone that needs to be included in Michael Fisher's When Phones Were Fun series, it's this phone. Basically, imagine two halves of a phone joined by a hinge that rotates. Like the hinge itself rotates 90 degrees so that you can open the phone in portrait or in landscape, depending on your needs. Are you confused? Yes, it is confusing. But you can check out the link in the show notes, and I've also linked to this phone's description. It's just so wild that I kind of love it, but I also hate it, but also I love it. It would be disingenuous to say that I don't know what NFTs are or how they work. It's more like 120 hertz screens. I just don't get them. But according to a tiny, tiny, but very vocal segment of the internet, these things are changing the way web ownership works, and... Okay, fine. But another industry is getting in on the action, the music industry. Sure, you can sell an NFT for the original Nyan Cat meme, but what if you could also sell ownership rights to new original songs or sound productions? That's what a company called Royal wants to do. Of course, like most things NFT, I'm a little fuzzy on the details, but Royal's mission statement is one that I can get behind. Basically, the way the music industry works now, the musician generally gets screwed with something like, 80% of music royalties going to the record label. Royal wants to turn that on its head because, frankly, the music industry has changed a lot in recent years, most notably in the area of distribution. See, back in the day, that 80% went to things like cover art, CD pressing, shipping, stuff like that. These days, Spotify and YouTube are the primary ways musicians deploy their wares, but the record industry is still taking 80%, and that kind of sucks. So Royal wants to change the game and and give more royalties to artists and in some cases actually their fans it sounds noble but honestly it all hinges on nfts actually becoming a thing and despite very vocal opinions they're still not a thing so stay tuned on this and we'll check in in a year or so and see if ariana grande is getting paid a lot better and while we're at it we'll also see if ariana grande is still a thing because i genuinely have no idea So remember how at WWDC, which, by the way, I will never, ever call DubDub. Anyway, remember how Apple said it was going to roll out this digital ID thing that allowed you to put your driver's license into your phone and use it for travel and stuff? Well, that's not coming until next year now. The reason is because Apple wants to put in strict controls into how this is implemented. So, basically, it wants to Apple it all up. At the same time, Apple wants the states to pay for the equipment and the infrastructure needed to maintain the service, and to a point, I kind of get that, but it goes one step further. According to some reporters who got their hands on contracts involved, this is a direct quote. Quote, Apple has sole discretion concerning how states marketed the program, how they reported on its success, and even the date that they launched the program and the devices they're allowed to mark as compatible. States, and therefore taxpayers, are also responsible for funding the program, despite Apple choosing when it launches so apple is basically going to dictate everything about this program and i'm not really sure why anyone was surprised at all by any of this but everyone was totally surprised by all this coming in 2022. exciting and this just in from our Russian desk. The Russian government has told tech companies like TikTok, Google, Apple, and Facebook, and others to set up offices in Mother Russia, or Tosvedania. There is new law on the books that says a foreign entity carrying out activities in the Internet in Russia is obligated to create a branch, open an office, or establish a Russian legal entity But it seems the law is a bit vague as to what a legal entity entails. It could be a legal entity is an office in Moscow that says Google on the door. Or a legal entity could be 10 million American dollars deposited into this Swiss bank account. You know, who can tell with these things? There are so many laws, and who can keep track of who is following the laws and who can't? You understand, comrade? The article points out that there are very valid reasons for asking for a legal presence in a country, such as taxes or user privacy. And then there are <clears throat> other reasons to ask for a presence in a country, such as black boxes with governmental backdoors and outright blacklist of some banned materials like, I don't know, organizing protests against governmental regimes, you know. Just off the top of my head, so will Twitter set up an office in Vladivostok, or will Mother Russia say "досвиданья" to these tech firms? We'll have to wait and see how this develops. So I have good news and bad news for you. The good news is, you know how you peer into a telescope at Saturn and you see all those pretty rings going around the planet? Well, those can be ours someday too. In fact. Jake Abbott, a robotics professor at the University of Utah, thinks that we are on course to get our very own rings. The bad news is they'll be made out of space junk. That's right, there is so much crap floating around in space that eventually Abbott thinks it will eventually coalesce into rings around our planet. And can I just say that this is so on brand for humanity? We as a people think so little about the crap we leave behind that in one sense we're a future archaeologist's dream come true, but on the other hand, we may leave around so much crap that future archaeologists may not exist. The fact is, we spent decades figuring out how to get humans into space, but we spent basically zero brain cells dedicated to how to leave no trace once we get there. And look, I get it. You're out on a spacewalk, and you drop your wrench. Yeah, that sucks, and it's a legitimate woof. so you shrug your shoulders and pull into the nearest Space Home Depot and you get a new one. Whatever. But rocket boosters and other space junk that we put up there and decided... Yep, that's the plan. We're going to put all this into space and just not worry about it anymore. That's on us. NASA actively tracks 27,000 pieces of space junk at the moment. And if you're looking at renderings of space junk, it honestly looks like a TV filled with static. And, oh, look, there's Earth in there. There are literal tons of trash floating above our heads, and not only do we not have a cogent way to get it all back down, but we're constantly putting more and more up there, and just, jeez, people. Now, all that being said, I do have 3 counterarguments to all this. First of all, we have much bigger problems here on Earth to worry about, and space junk isn't even in the top 10, possibly not even in the top 25. Two, by making launch vehicles reusable, we are putting a focus on limiting space junk as much as possible, which is a good thing. And three, there are companies who are focusing right now on trying to clean up the space junk, which is also a very, very good thing. So we may not yet get rings, but if we do, you can believe we'll probably deserve them. And finally, the holiday shopping season is here, and so all you need to do is place your orders for the things that you want and you'll get them by Christmas, right? Well, not so much. Seems that many parents are turning to bots to pull down those coveted gifts for their kiddos this year. That's right. Holiday shopping has gone to the robots this year. That is, if you're looking for the hottest toys and gaming systems, and can't you just feel the Christmas spirit? Bot makers are making a killing selling their products to help people pick up video game consoles, trading cards, and computer graphic cards. And speaking of trading cards, stay tuned for our top story from a purveyor of trading cards. But getting back to shopping, this is kind of where I was afraid this whole bot thing might be headed. Today, you're using bots for PlayStations to Tomorrow, you might need bots for common items like, I don't know, deodorant or tortillas. I mean, I'm kind of on the fence about stuff like this because I am a fan of automation in general, but I also tend to avoid automation because it tends to be a lot of trouble to set up, even if the long-term gains are palpable. Anyway, I guess this is just where we are, and this year I'm happy to say that I won't be using any bots because I don't need anything that's, air quotes, hot, Because I never have been, nor will I ever be, that cool a parent. And I'm perfectly okay with that. everyone it's contest time our friends at lenovo have come up with a quartet of goodies for me to give away to my listeners so what do we have i'm so glad you asked because otherwise this would have been a short conversation we have a lenovo wireless multi-device mouse a smart clock essential a thinkpad trackpoint keyboard and a lenovo tab 11 plus so four things to give away to you and now you're probably wondering how's this gonna work First of all, this contest, I really hate to do this, but this contest is limited to the U.S. and Canada. I know that really, really sucks, and I'm sorry, but I was looking up shipping rates this weekend and just... Damn. In most cases, shipping to a country that isn't the U.S. or Canada costs more than the item itself. It's not pretty. Anyway, so if you happen to live within the correct arbitrary lines on a map, how would one go about entering? Also a good question. Well, first of all, if you're a patron, congratulations. You already have an entry, unless you live outside the U.S. And if that's the case, I know this really sucks. I'm sorry. But anyway, if you're a patron, there you go. Non patrons, you can play too. And to enter the giveaway, all you have to do is leave a review for this podcast on one of four platforms. Take a screenshot of it and send it to contest at benefitofthedow.com. The podcast platforms are Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Castbox, and Podcast Addict. All of those platforms have ways to leave reviews or comments about a podcast. So that's all you have to do. Leave a review and make it an honest review. I'm not asking for five stars or anything, unless, of course, you love the show. But leave an honest review on one of those platforms and you will get an entry. Take a screenshot of it. Send it to contest at Benefitofthedow.com. Now, I will say that of those four platforms, one of them would be way more helpful than the others. (coughs) Apple Podcasts. But any platform is appreciated. By the way, patrons, if you leave a review and send it to the contest line, you will get a bonus entry. And before you get excited, I'm limiting winners to one item per person. So if you have two entries and I pick you twice, I'm going to be discarding that second pick. Sorry. Winners will be chosen by spreadsheet and a random number generator, screen shared with Cliff so he can verify the results as well. Winners will be allowed to choose the items that they want based on the order in which their names are drawn. Hashtag logistics are fun. So there you go. December is the season for giving, so I'm giving... As long as you live within certain geographic borders, don't blame me, blame FedEx. Anyway, I'm hoping to see some reviews start rolling in. Even if they are solely driven by this giveaway, I'm not picky. Every little bit helps, and I thank you. But mostly, I thank Lenovo for making this happen. So start reviewing and screenshotting. Once again, that's contest at benefitofthedowd.com, And I thank you. This podcast is largely about technology, but I reserve the right to go off on whatever geeky or nerdy tangents that strike my fancy. That's what brings us to our next guest on the podcast, who owns a chain of gaming stores across the Chicagoland area called Gamers World. With six locations across the greater Chicagoland area, Gamers World covers a wide gamut of gaming, trading, and memorabilia of all shapes and sizes. And the owner happens to be my neighbor, Marty Paroli. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's fun to have you here and 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 you know, obviously the thing that, that brought us together was the fact that we have two of the fullest garages yeah, we do. on our block. <laughs> the only difference is yours is actually useful. Yeah.
1: Because yeah, mine is a lot of games, toys, and extra <laughs> merchandise that sits in there, that's for
0: sure. You store merchandise, I store crap. And that's what it was. Well
1: us down. <laughs> some people would say that merchandise is crap, but we know better. Right. That's fair.
0: That's fair. we, we now, know. I do want to start this off with a caveat. There is going to be a lot of dog activity in the background because this is the first interview that I've ever conducted in person at my house, and my dogs are kind of freaking out right now. So there's nothing I can do about that. We're just going to run with it. So anyway, um, Marty, it's, it's awesome to have you here, and I just want to start off. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your store and what people will find there.
1: Sure. Well, we are unusual in the fact that we actually are a small chain of stores. There's not many small chains left, as everybody knows. Uh, Everything now are big box stores or basically uh, on the internet. And that's basically how it is today. Uh, We're in malls, which is another uh, unusual thing, Mm -hmm. because most small stores are going to be probably on your corner. Right. You're not going to find them in malls today. Uh, Right. So that's kind of one of the things that makes us unique. Uh, we basically are a game and a toy store Uh, but in the non-traditional sense is uh, we do carry board games of both family style and a lot of strategy games Uh, we also carry a lot of toys But probably trading cards has become our biggest business. Okay. Uh, it wasn't meant to be. It's, even though we've always carried trading cards, that used to be about 15, maybe 20% of our business. Now it's about 70% of our business. Wow! And, and when you're talking about way.
0: trading cards, you're talking about?
1: Uh, Magic the Gathering, okay. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, really more of the collectible trading card games. Wow, okay. Um, awesome. We do carry a little bit of uh, sports trading cards. Okay. But if you know anything about the market today, it's they're terrible. almost impossible to get you can't get them
0: oh well I've yeah got, i i've got several boxes upstairs maybe we should have a conversation <laughs> afterwards
1: the uh but. what's what's worth money today is basically anything with autographs uh chase cards um anything in between about and this is goes for the most part but yeah. it's not everything sure if you bought anything from about 1980 Up until a couple years ago, it's probably not worth much.
0: Right, gotcha. And that is
1: just the way all of a sudden the market over the last couple
0: years has exploded. That is the bulk of my collection. Yep, and it's the bulk of mine
1: too. (laughs) Right. Because most people, it was mass-produced. That is basically when most people were collecting trading right,
0: cards. Right, is in the 80s. Correct. That was a huge thing back in the... I remember like in fourth and fifth grade, our, t- our my fifth grade t- and sixth grade teacher, same guy, both years, uh, was actually like our baseball card dealer. He would buy like box sets yep. and sell them to us for like 30 bucks a pop. And we're just like... Pfft. Yeah. Yep.
1: And he probably paid 15 for him. It's um, probably, probably how it used to be. Probably. Now packs of cards can go in the hundreds of dollars.
0: Really. Yeah, yeah they're unopened.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. but if, if they are me, unopened, what's the point? And that's but, you know and that yeah. always is the caveat, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you open them because once you open them they become less valuable, but what's the fun of collecting something if you can't see what you have?
0: Exactly. You know, something
1: <laughs> sealed in a box isn't exactly that much fun.
0: I feel you. I feel you right there. Yep. So what 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 got you into what part of as, as I wonder, you Your your store covers a wide gamut. It of, does of different, like from you, like you said, from toys to memorabilia. A lot of licensed
1: like novelties, as far as you know, Mario Brothers. Okay. Again, of course, Pokemon. Uh, we carry anything from Star Wars figures all the way up to you know very collectible statues. Um, we carry Rubik's cubes you know a lot of strategy little games i mean if it's yeah if it's in the pop market nerd market geek market whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it that's who we are
0: nice so like what part of that got you into this
1: uh basically dungeons and dragons okay when all i right. was that's how it all started when i was 13 years old uh, we had, I had just moved into my new neighborhood. Okay. I met a group of about six to eight very good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we decided to buy a little box set called Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. <laughs> Didn't really know a lot about it, but we were into the Hobbits. You know, we'd read the books. And at the beginning, that was kind of the beginning days of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. yeah. So we opened a box set. Uh, very, very loosely, learned the rules, and we used to basically get together at least once or twice a week, playing all night long. Uh, so that got my interest in fantasy, and it kind of expanded from there. Sure. All the movies, the toys, the figures. We used to paint our own figures, and oh yeah. So I basically, those days. where do you buy that stuff? Well, there was a company called Gamers Paradise okay. back, also in malls. Uh, they only had uh, they only had a couple stores in those days, and that's where we used to buy our product. And yeah. one day, I was 18 years old. I was just basically going into college, and I needed to make a little money to pay for college. Sure. And so, jokingly, because I had a good relationship with the guy who worked there, I joke because we, we we would back and forth. We we, yeah. we we weren't friends, but we were we were friendly. And so, one day, I said. If you're not careful, I'm going to come work for you one day. Mm-hmm. And basically, he said, "Well, there's a job opening now." And five minutes later, we had a quick interview, and I was working there basically the next week. And I have been now in this business for almost forty years.
0: And the rest was history. That was history. It, it's funny. It's it's really funny how like things like that work. Like I. Uh, I was telling you how I used to work for Pocket Now, and I sent the most ridiculous email to my editor at the time, like, because they mentioned that they were hiring. So I sent off an email that was literally like, it was almost the equivalent of "be careful" or "someday I might work for you," yep. but it was actually more of like a "screw it, let's see what happens." And you know, here we are. <laughs> you
1: have nothing to lose. You know, right. one thing I've learned in this world is honestly, if you don't ask, you won't get, mm-hmm. and you can't be afraid to take chances. Um, you know, as I was kind of telling you earlier, after twenty-three years, Gamers Paradise closed. Yeah, and I thought that was the end of the world. I thought basically I was done. You know, what am I going to do? No idea. This is all I know. And somehow I gambled, I went to the mall, I went to talk to their, their management, mm-hmm. and somehow in, this, in Woodfield Mall, probably the most powerful mall in Illinois, this it, little guy in
0: America. I mean, this little huge. guy
1: who basically worked as an employee for all these years, somehow found and managed a way to open up a store in that mall, nice. which is unheard of for right. a small person, at that time especially. Sure. It's a little easier now because malls are not what they used to be you know they're still good mm-hmm. but you know uh, a lot of the big guys have gone out of business so there's more openings than there used to be but back in 2008 yeah. you know it well, there wasn't i mean Ed, oh, yeah. it was a ma- everybody was a major there so to get in there uh was extremely lucky and we've managed to survive since and we're still there
0: yeah and and <laughs> like for listeners who are familiar with the Chicago area Woodfield Mall is like the mall in Chicago but uh but yeah so i was a uh, I was a D&D head for a while there until I ran out of time. <laughs> and D&D takes time. And it's the same thing with me. You still play? Uh, nope, I do not.
1: Mm. Um, basically, you know, people ask me that a lot. They think just because I own a store, I do all these things. Well, it's funny. I'm immersed in the universe 100% of the time, sure. no matter what it is. You yeah. know, the fantasy world is basically my stores. However, saying that... I really do not have the time I wish just to be able to spend a few hours every week just yeah. sitting down and playing. But I do have friends who still do it, oh, yeah. and I still love the world, and I still love fantasy, and I, I will go see any new fantasy movie. I will certainly read any good fantasy book, but unfortunately, I just do not play anymore, but I, I feel it. like I do. My life is basically a
0: Dungeons & Dragons game. Right? It honestly
1: is.
0: (laughs) So, um, now, what is it about, like, gaming and, like, the things that you carry... What is it about that stuff that keeps like the the targets and the WalMarts at bay? Like, why haven't they absorbed that industry? Like, they've absorbed so much else.
1: They have absorbed some of it. Um, okay. Basically, they do carry trading cards, mm-hmm. and they do also carry you know board games and strategy games, and you know even Rubik's and things like that. The yeah. biggest difference, two things, I think. One is what we offer. Um, all of our stores host events. Okay. So that's probably one of the big things is you can come into any of our stores on almost any night Mm -hmm. and we'll be running an event, whether it be a magic event, a Pokemon event. Uh, We do Hero Clicks. So we actually offer an experience unlike just going to a store you know, a stale store and picking out merchandise and leaving with it. Okay. Also, all of our employees are well-versed in it. Okay. So you can't go into Target and say, hey, you know what? You know, what does this card do? What is this card worth? They are not going to know. They're going to look at you funny. Interesting. But we will be able to actually answer all that for them. Uh, The second thing is we carry a wide, and when I say a wide, I mean a wide variety of singles. So basically, we don't just carry packs of cards or decks of cards, we carry singles. So basically, if you're looking for the new Charizard card, we carry it. We we have thousands of singles, and that's something that very few people offer. So instead of having to spend $100 on a box of Pokemon, if you're just looking for a specific card for your deck... Well, you, you can come into our stores,
0: a dollar, and get that exact anywhere from a
1: hundred, or excuse me, a dollar to a thousand dollars. We carry wow. cards that are a thousand dollars. So we, do
0: you ha- you must have like some kind of like network of of like vendors or something that we actually
1: that, don't get those from vendors. We get okay. those from customers.
0: Really? Okay. So they just come in and say, I'm sick of Charizard and absolutely they're mm-hmm. like
1: or they want something different. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. we'll have somebody bring in a huge collection. Pokemon's been around for 25 years now. In fact, right. they just celebrated their 25th anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who had stuff when they were kids packed in their closet that they haven't seen in 20 years, yeah. all of a sudden now are finding out they have things that are worth tens of thousands of dollars.
0: Funny how that works, uh, It is. not it?
1: So basically, they come to our stores and try to sell it to us. Yeah. and in turn then we obviously do the same we basically put it out for sale and offer things that you'll never find at any of the big box stores mm. the other thing is we're always more than likely or more than happy to hold things for people take mm-hmm. people's names and numbers and call them when the hot product comes in okay so we do offer way more customer service than you'll ever see at any of the big box stores
0: so Almost like a bespoke type service yeah, where exactly. yeah, you'll just yeah you'll just you'll just hook people up absolutely you know. You know, what the, you know what your customer base is. And you they know, know what they want. Yeah. They say, hey,
1: Marty, you know what? Can you hold me, you know, whatever the new thing is? And I say, absolutely. Take their name and number. It's sitting behind the counter form until they want to come in. Where oh right God. now, over the last year, how hot all the trading cards have been, you basically got to stand in line at like four in the morning at Walmart or Target to hope to get something on the day that it comes yeah. out. So that's basically how we compete.
0: Speaking of which, Black Friday is coming. Absolutely. So, and that's going to be, that's otherwise known as retail hell. <laughs> it is. So what are you doing to prepare for Black Friday? What do you have? Are you loading up on Charizards? or?
1: Well, basically, this year's <laughs> a little different than most. We've had a byproduct much earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the supply chain thing is real. So all the people that are on the news, you're hearing all these supply issues. It's true. Yeah. Uh, we, we've been getting about 50% of what we order. Okay. So we had to order it much earlier because we knew if we didn't get it in early, we either A, weren't going to get it, or B, it's taking so long to get things, it's gonna come we might have missed it completely. Yeah,
0: you're going to miss so your window.
1: that's probably one of the big things. Um, but like most Black Fridays, uh, unlike except for last year, which there was a very muted Black Friday last yeah. year, this Black Friday should be as good or if not better than any other Black Friday. I think there's pent-up demand. I think people actually have a lot of goods because I think people have ordered early Mm -hmm. so when people come out i think they're going to get a pretty nice uh surprise now how long that will last hard to say (laughs) i think going into probably early to mid-december you're going to see a lot of shortages
0: Mm, because
1: people just can't get it you know it's just very difficult to get product quickly in the old days i could order something and have something in a day maybe two yeah now you order something you're probably going to wait two months to find it
0: yeah yeah, and I, I've and that's going everywhere. I have, everywhere across the board. Yeah, a friend of mine ordered a freezer, and like right. it, it took like three months for it to get. To Same
1: thing, just obviously, it's just instead of a freezer, it'll be a monopoly game. But yeah. basically, that's how hard it is to get things right now. You really have no idea how long it's going to take to
0: get anything. Hmm. It,
1: it's really, it's a crapshoot.
0: That that is uh, not that the is way a to do crazy. business.
1: And certainly during the fourth quarter, that's not how you want to do it. But that's right. what everybody's going to be in reality. It's going to be very hit or miss. Prices are going to be higher this year.
0: So do you think you have an advantage being a, a smaller, more nimble company? Yes. Or? No okay. question. I think we will. Very cool.
1: I do think that'll be an advantage this year. I would say it's typically not a huge advantage because most people will, are looking for price. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to shop where it's cheapest first, whether it be online or at the bargain discount stores this year, it's going to be a little different. They're not going to find necessarily what they want there. They're going to have to be a little bit more nimble themselves and expand. Uh, So I do think that'll be a benefit.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That's going to be cool. It is. So like, so, and as we said before, your, your store covers so much wide variety. I think we already touched on this a little bit, but I'm just kind of curious, like, what part of your store is most near and dear to, like, your inner geek? Is it still Dungeons and the dragons? Or yeah, I would probably to... say if
1: I had to just pick anything, it's not by any means our best selling product. Sure. But I would say, yeah, it's anything to do probably with either Dungeons and Dragons, uh, some of the collectible miniatures, because I was always, I, I love collecting Star Wars figures and Star yeah. Trek figures and, you know, that. That hobby line has always been good to me. Um, today's kids, they would much rather collect Zelda or Mario or, you know, uh, Naruto or, you know, the Japanese animation things. But we do carry all that. But
0: kids these days don't have the patience to sit down and paint a pewter they, miniature. They do
1: not. No, you, they really <laughs> do not. So they, they want to paint it painted for them in front of them, and they'll spend the money to do it. Mm. And these kids today, were when we were kids, mm-hmm. we were lucky to have five or ten bucks to go for an entire weekend to shop. Sure, they basically have debit cards that never stop.
0: Well, to be fair, you do work. You we are talking about Walmart and Old Orchard yes. and downtown. So yes, yeah. Um, well, that pla-
1: is that is true. I am not that is true. Being not where,
0: places where we grew up. No,
1: that is very true. Being <laughs> in malls and especially in malls that are at least you know in highly affluent areas. Yeah, it's true. There's no question that there is money. There. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to go to a mall, most people are going to understand, you know, it's not going to be, you know, cheap, I guess. Right. It, you're going to spend a little more money, sure. but the variety that you get, I mean, it's, it's nice going it. into a mall that has 300 stores, like, yeah. like a Whitfield does, mm-hmm. or an Old Orchard. Like yeah. I said, you know, we have, that's our only outdoor mall, but Old Orchard's a beautiful mall. It offers a lot of things that the discount stores can't Santa Claus, a beautiful displays of Christmas items, food nice restaurants i mean you name it i mean it's a place you can definitely go spend the entire day and really feel very christmassy you can get your uh you can get your santa pictures and you can get your uh steak dinner in the same place
0: oh yeah so i mean we mentioned off air that you know you and i not only do we live in the same area now we basically grew up in the same area we did too i think it so. was
1: very common for people to live in the city most oh, people yeah. i know from the suburbs probably lived in the city when they were growing up.
0: Well, you know why? Because if you're talking to them in the suburbs, chances are it's because they grew up in the city. Absolutely. Because suburban people don't talk to each other.
1: (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? It is true. The city people are more friendly. Mm -hmm. They're used to just being around more people, I guess. And you're right. I find it the same way. If you grew up in the city, you're probably friendly and outgoing. Yeah. If
0: if anybody says hello, chances (laughs) are they they grew up in Chicago. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Because basically we were all on top of each other. We were out 24 hours a day. Yep. You know, everybody got along. We were in big groups. Um, yeah, the suburbs are more spread out, and it's it's more conducive, I think, to family living, but not really to socialism, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, all right, cool. So let's go ahead and just kind of wrap things up here a little bit. So, where do you see uh, where do you see this industry? going. I mean like what's 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 next for Gamer's World? Uh you know we're
1: we're, we're I'm hoping to be around for, you know, quite a bit longer. Still young <laughs> enough to be able to be around. Uh we have 6 stores. I'm going to probably keep it at six stores. Okay. Uh, we basically, at one time, we were 10 stores. We grew a little too big. Okay. Uh, you really, today's world doesn't allow you to have any excess fat. Right. Bas- everything's very expensive. Lean. You have to be lean today. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we basically are going to just continue just to try to find neat things for people to buy. And one of the things we get all the times when people come in always is, you know, what a neat store. I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've where can I find this in my area? I was like, well, I'm not going out of Chicago, but uh, this is basically where I'm going to be. But that basically is probably what we get a lot of, is we carry a lot of unique items under one roof that they can't find anywhere. Uh, A lot of licensed collectibles anywhere, Mm -hmm. like I said, from fantasy to animation. Um, Pretty reasonably priced overall. You know, we're not super expensive. And uh, we have very knowledgeable people. So really, I think we're just going to do a lot of the same. Okay. Just hope that we can continue to uh, to take advantage of a market that's popular and mm-hmm. expand on it. You know, right now, trading cards are popular. So we're going to continue to keep trying to add new products for that. Um, and... As trends come and go, we'll try to be on top of the trends.
0: And stay uh, stay nimble. And stay nimble. To your customers' demands. Cool. Yes. Well, um, normally, this would be the part of a show where I would roll out the red carpet for you. And... Let, let you tell everybody how they can find you online, but you do not exist online. I, <laughs> we we actually enough.
1: do have a website. Yeah. So uh, that we do. I don't have a lot of online presence. You know, being a little bit older, you know, I started this actually in my mid forties. It's something that I, I do know we need to do, but all our stores have Facebook Uh, presence. Some of our stores have Instagram presence. All of our stores, uh, like I said, we do have a website, but yeah, I would agree with you. We probably do need to uh, improve our online presence.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I just inside, a little inside baseball, I like to do some research onto my guests and, you know, dig into their past and, you know, kind of figure out what they've done and what they're what they're doing and stuff like that. And this dude, just nothing. <laughs> just nothing anywhere. The only reason I know his last name is because he's on Facebook. Yes,
1: I am on Facebook. <laughs> and like I said, all of our stores are on Facebook. But yeah. yes, I uh, I guess I am a little bit of a ninja then.
0: That's all right. That's all right. Well, you know, you got the kids working for you. They can do the that's Instagrams and the TikToks. What-
1: that's what they do
0: so basically that is
1: you are correct the younger kids (laughs) are the ones that do all that
0: yep and they're very good at it awesome awesome well thank you marty for uh hopping across the street and sitting down for a chat and uh if you happen to be in the chicago area and you're looking for some christmas items for unique christmas items that you're not going to find on target or amazon go to gamers world in six different locations all across the chicagoland area thank you very much (laughs) So that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing to this podcast if you enjoyed it. And if you really enjoyed it, or if you just want to win some stuff, I would love it if you would write a review for this show. You can write to the show by emailing host at benefit of or by visiting benefit of slash contact. I'd like to thank co-producer Cliff for all of his hard work behind the scenes. But most of all, and as always, I'd like to thank you for listening and for giving me the benefit of the doubt.